0: today I'm going to read from a chapter in the Bible where we Pentecostals don't go to very often, and so you may have to search for it for a few moments, but I'm going to give you time to do that. Let's turn to Acts, the second chapter. (laughs) Acts, the second chapter. And uh, I'm going to begin reading with verse 37. Karen said it. She said, Pastor, I could probably quote all of that. So we might, we might have all the Bible quizzers come up here, former Bible quizzers, and just let them quote all of this for us. But I'm going to begin reading with Acts 2, verse 37. And I'm going to read all the way down to the, uh, the closing part of that chapter, verse number Forty-seven. So let's start with Acts 2.37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did He testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received His word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls." And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men and every man as every man had need And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There are so many things in those ten verses or so that we could talk about today. And, and there are many, many directions that we could go. Topics and subjects and phrases and words. And 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 if I tried to do that, we would be here for quite a while. <laughs> but I'm going to narrow my focus down to just a couple of verses here so we can... Uh, Just be specific about what I feel the Lord wants us to to look at today. Verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. Verse 46 says, And they continued daily. They continued daily. So in two verses here, this same phrase is used, and they continued. And they continued. 42 said they continued steadfastly. I hope you understand what steadfastly means or you can at least interpret or define what that is in your life. Stead, steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. Verse 46, and they continued daily. Daily. And this is where This is where I will turn my attention to for a little while today. And I read the other verses just so you would have a context of of why we're talking about this today. You may be seated. I know that there is an obvious transition that, that is occurring in the verses that we read. The closing verses of Acts 2. 37 through 47, there is an obvious transition that is taking place. Maybe you've recognized that, maybe you noticed that, you know that, or perhaps you haven't considered that. There is there's transition taking place in the closing part of, of this chapter, and for most that are here today, this will not be a surprise to you, and this isn't, this isn't new to you, but I feel that it's important to, to point it out again. I want you to see the transition that, that's taking place in the last part of, of this chapter. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. How many remember last Sunday? Amen. Last Sunday was was a great time, and man, so many of you filled out these cards at the end of service, and let me know on the back of the card that that you were filled with the Holy Ghost or that you were refilled with the Holy Ghost last Sunday. And I've been excited about that all week and I've been celebrating with you all week. All of those that, that got what you came looking for. Amen. Isn't it good to go to a church where you can get what you come looking for? Amen. <laughs> there are some churches you'll go to and you will not get what you go looking for. But here, here we hope that you get what you come looking for. And there were people last Sunday that told us, hey, I was refilled today or I was renewed today or I was filled with the Holy Ghost today and and we're thankful for that. But I want you to understand here that, that the Holy Ghost experience isn't meant, it isn't meant for one moment of time of feeling good. It isn't meant for one Sunday out of 52 Sundays in a year to celebrate about. The Holy Ghost isn't something that is confined to a a solitary event or moment, all right? I thought about this as I was preparing for today, cliffhangers, cliffhangers, They're interesting to me because authors use cliffhangers and entertainers use cliffhangers and storytellers use cliffhangers and they know how to use them to gain the attention of their reader or viewer or spectator, whoever it may be. A crafty individual will use a Cliffhanger to keep people coming back to read the next book in the series, to show up for the next production that will go go forward. Uh, it's, it's I guess over the last several several years several years one of one of uh, Broadway's biggest hits is a story simply entitled Wicked, and I'm a grown man, but I had no clue of the other side of the Wizard of Oz until I went to the production of Wicked. And uh, it was the backdrop of how uh, it all developed and who was good and who was bad. and, And it's something to keep interested people engaged. Keep them watching. Keep them... Conversing, keep them coming back again and again and again. And, and honestly, I have to tell you that it's almost a letdown when you get to the end of the story. It, it's a letdown when you get to the end of the series of books. It's a letdown when you get... To the end, because you know, wow, I've been caught up in this for a while, and now it's over. And what am I going to do? And I'm going to have to find another character, and and I'm going to have to find another writer, and I'm going to have to get back involved in this. And you know what I'm talking about? Uh, some of you are smiling because you know exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. I uh, I used to years ago. I used to read quite a bit of. Louis L'Amour, I don't know if you've read any Louis L'Amour, but I used to read a lot of Louis L'Amour books, and they were about the Wild West, and interesting, interesting book, you know, the Sackets, and all all those that make up the story that fall in line with with Louis L'Amour books. He's already gone, and you'd have to go back and and, uh, dig those books up if you wanted to read any of them, but I remember when uh, he started venturing away from just writing westerns. And, and he started uh, writing, one of, one of my favorites was The Last of the Breed. And uh, uh, anyway, anyway I, I wanted this to go on. I wanted this storyline to go on and on and on, but it, but it didn't go on. And it was almost like a letdown. When you, when you spend, I promise you, I stayed up all night long reading that book. I I couldn't put it down. And I remember I was an evangelist then. I didn't have a family then. I didn't have a whole lot to do during the day. So I stayed up. My work was at night. I preached every night. And so I, I stayed up all night and I happened to be... Uh, at a pastor's home that was away and I was taking care of their church and I'm in this big home by myself and I stayed up all night and I remember when the sun came up. I have this vivid memory of the sun coming up and I'm like, I, what is wrong with me? I stayed up all night reading this book. You get to the end of the story and it's like, wow, that was great. That was wonderful. I, I, I enjoyed it while it lasted, but what am I going to do now? Where where do I go from here? How how do I continue this on? And, and, And my message today is all about the days, the weeks, the months, and the years after the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Okay? When you read the second chapter of Acts, you are reading the culmination and the highlight of centuries, generations of time, prophetic and earthly happenings bringing humanity to a specific place in time. And you read the first part of the second chapter of Acts and you think, man, it doesn't get any better than this. This is the highlight. This is wonderful. This is exactly where I wanted to be. This is exactly what I wanted to feel. This is exactly what I wanted to experience. And that is the story of last Sunday. That's the story of last Sunday. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. That was generations building up to that moment. It's like getting caught up in the greatest story you've ever read. It's getting caught up in the greatest fulfillment of the journey that you've been on. Finally, the destination. Yes! This is what it was all about. This is where He was looking to when it all started. Hunt prophecies that were hundreds of years old, finally coming together. And we read it. Peter, he, he proves it by saying, Joel talked about this. He went back and referenced a prophecy from hundreds of years before, perhaps four or five hundred years before. We, we read about it with stammering lips. And another tongue, well, I speak, and this is the rest. Well, I mean, those were prophecies of old that now transpire. And you think, wow, this is awesome. It, it doesn't get any better than this. But imagine, imagine what a letdown it would have been if it would have only been a one-day experience what would it have been if it were like reading the last page of the book and you're like, oh, it finally happened and it's over that quick? Are you kidding me who's writing this stuff? Imagine what it would have been like to be there and have that experience and then all of a sudden it's over. And you have to pick up and go forward in life without the euphoria of that moment. Man, people would be upset with God. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I would have been, what what do you mean? You're gonna let us experience it and then take it away from us? You're gonna let us have a moment and then all of a sudden it's all over? I feel great. I feel like I've never felt before, and now I have to go back to life. It's a completely different it's a completely different scenario, but I, I want to make a point here, in a similar way, what it was like to be in an upper room, and all of a sudden the wind starts blowing and fire starts falling, and there's a heavenly demonstration that takes you from. Common, everyday, routine life and now all of a sudden you're speaking in a language you've never learned and there's cloven tongues like as a fire setting on everyone around and you're trying to figure out what in the world is this feeling and it's so overwhelming that people really think you're drunk. Now I want to know and I was just a couple of nights ago in the jail. <laughs> I wasn't going to jail, but I was there with someone else that got to stay in jail. <laughs> because I was riding with the police for quite a while the other day, and we had to go to the jail. And occasionally you do that. <laughs> and but there were other there's other people there, and there's, you know, where you I hope you never see that part of it, but where you get checked in and booked in and all. It's kind of, there's, there's just a bunch of people sitting there in all kinds of state of mind and shape. And I saw an individual not far from where we were standing that, I mean, he had no clue what was going on. What, whatever he had done that night, I don't know, but it whatever he did, it ended up getting him to there. But he really didn't care what I thought or anybody else thought or anywhere, anybody that was around because... When you're in that place, you're not concerned with it. You're not worried about life. You're not worried about bills. You're not worried about family. You're not even most of the time worried about survival. You're, not, you're, you're just like, I, I like this moment. They were acting in such a way that people viewed them and said they've got to be drunk. Because they're not living on this plane. They're not living on this level. There's something wrong. And Peter said, "Wait, wait a minute before you get confused here. They're not drunk like you think they're drunk. But this is that, that the prophet Joel prophesied about, that in the last days that God would pour out His Spirit, and what you're seeing here is people who have received His Spirit, and through that experience, they're in a place where they've never been before, and it's most likely, at that time, the most wonderful thing that had ever happened for them. But imagine that ending. Imagine, like... You know, I wasn't there the next day when that guy woke up where he woke up. Thinking, oh, whoa, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, they give you a phone call, I guess. But sometimes you don't want the phone call. Because you know what's going to be on the other end, who you have to call. And explain to them how and why, and, and it does things don't get better. They don't get better. It, it's It's more challenging. So... When I, when I look at this, I, I realize that for a lot of people in life, let me just bring it to where we are. There are some people that come to the church and they experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it's the greatest thing that ever happened. I've seen people delivered from addictions instantaneously. When the Holy Ghost came into their life. People that counseling could not help, and I believe in it. People that medical prescriptions and treatments could not help. People that uh, no matter what length they went to or effort they put in, somehow couldn't overcome various things in their life. And one encounter with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and their life drastically change and the things that were holding them, they're freed from and they're like, how in the world did that just happen? This is the greatest thing that's ever transpired in my life. This is awesome. I have pastored people. I have prayed for people. I have observed people that have experienced that and before long, they're right back to where they were before. Now, on the other side of that, I've seen people that come in and have those kind of experiences and never go back to who they were before. Literally, from that day forward, they're changed and they're forever changed and their life is completely different. You know what I'm talking about? So, here's here's my message. It's about the days, the weeks, the months and the years after the experience. The transition that you see in Acts 2 in the latter part of the, of, the, of the chapter is they receive this, and when they receive it, the Bible said they continued steadfastly. They continued daily, all right? This is one of those stories that doesn't have to end. This is one of, those, one of those deals where you can stay engaged and it just keeps getting better as the days go by. It's not, oh, I wish it would continue. It will continue if you choose for it to continue. It will not continue just automatically. It will not continue just because you experienced it one time. It will continue when you stand fast. It will continue when you decide I found what I've been looking for and I'm not leaving this, I'm not running away from this, I'm not abandoning this, I found what I've been after and I'm going to stand fast right here in this experience. They continued steadfastly the Bible said. Look at your neighbor and say you can do this. Come on, tell them like you believe it. You can do this. You can do this. And so there's a, there's a transition that happens here from having a one-time experience and then living in that experience day in and day out. There are many people that experience the power of the Holy Ghost but they never go forward in it. They look back and say it was on an Easter, it was on a Sunday, it was in a prayer meeting, it was five years ago. It doesn't have to be that way. Today can be as great as the day it was when God first poured His Spirit out in your life. But you have to make up your mind, I'm going to stand in this. I'm going I'm to be planted right here in this experience. And I promise you, if you do that, life will be good. Amen. Things will get better. You, you'll live with a smile on your face. Amen. And so they went from a dramatic, life-changing event and experience to faithfully and steadfastly living in the ongoing strength. Of that. Everybody say Pentecost continues. Barry, that's the title. Pentecost continues. Pentecost doesn't have to be one Sunday, once a year, have a good feeling, get filled. Get renewed and then wait another year. Pentecost continues. It continues every day. It continues every moment in your life. It continues on. Listen, they were they were under, and and I explained all this last week, so I'll not take the time to go through it again. But you have to remember that that Pentecost was a part of the feast. It was part of the celebrations that took place in Israel. And one of these days we'll go through all of that, but but not today. So for them, it's a a particular day on the calendar in the third month because passover's in the first month and pentecost is in the third month and 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 they do it every year religiously but for you and I Pentecost isn't one day on the calendar of our year. It's every day on the calendar in our year. When you are filled with His Spirit, and they continued, they continued steadfastly. They continued in that moment and in that experience that they had in the second chapter. And and here is where many people fall short of the promise. They experience it, but they fail To continue in it. I'm going to tell your neighbor, say they failed to continue in it. They, They experience it but they failed to continue in it. I don't want to live my life without His presence every day. I want to live continuing in the Spirit, continuing in the promise, continuing in the gift, continuing in what God has given me. I don't want it to just be something that happens every once in a while. I want to walk in it every day. Because when you walk in it every day, then... There's life and there's happiness and there's freedom and there's joy. And somebody shout, Amen. Amen. 42 says that the, and, and, and these are these are areas, these are areas that, um, that they didn't waver in. Okay? And I'll, I'll, I'll move through this quickly. But I want you to see this. Here's, here's what they stood fast in: the apostles' doctrine. So when people tell you doctrine doesn't matter, it does matter if you want Pentecost to continue. If you want want that experience to continue, then the apostles' doctrine matters. If if you just want it to be, hey, I I experienced it when I was eight years old. Hey, I got the Holy Ghost when I was 14. Great, and it's been 30 years ago. If you want it to be that way, then, then don't continue in the apostles' doctrine. But if you continue in truths of God's Word, Pentecost will continue in your life. You you can't compromise from the truths of God's Word and expect that feeling and that joy and that wonderful thing that happened in your life to be evident and present. If you abandon the doctrine, you abandon that in your life. Pentecost continues when you hold fast to apostolic doctrine. Pentecost continues when you enjoy fellowship come on it's what they that's the Bible said they stood fast in the apostles doctrine they stood fast in fellowship there's some that say, well I don't want to be with everybody else and I don't get along with everybody else and I just rather kind of have church by myself and do my own thing you you, if you want Pentecost to continue in your life then you can't be a hit or miss Christian you can't be I like them sometimes I don't like them sometimes I'll go to church every once in a while when I want to go you have to continue in fellowship you have to surround your life with people who feel and think and believe The way that you do and share the same passions. Our V groups are important. Our Bible studies are important. Our social times together are important. Our prayer meetings are important. These events that we have are important. Why? Because it promotes fellowship. And if you want Pentecost to continue in your life, then you have to engage in fellowship. They stood fast in the apostles' doctrine. They stood fast in fellowship. They stood fast in breaking of bread. They stood fast in prayer. If you want Pentecost to continue, then don't be a person that's living a life void of prayer. Be a man or woman of prayer. Look for opportunities to talk to God. Because Pentecost will continue in your life if you stand fast in prayer. doesn't matter what other people are doing. Catch five minutes in the morning. Take a few minutes at lunchtime. When you're driving to and from work and about your day, talk to God. It's okay to do that. It doesn't mean you're more spiritual if you're kneeling down, clasping your hands like this and and, and making some kind of sign. That doesn't mean that you're, more, that you're closer to God or more spiritual. You can literally, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. You can drive through uh, the city. You can sit at your desk. You can take five minutes before you go to bed. You can Say be a person of prayer and if you will be a person of prayer Pentecost will continue in your life somebody shout "Amen." Amen. amen and so as a result of this and I'm not going to go through all the verses but But the Bible says, verse 43, as a result of this, there were many signs and wonders that transpired. If you want Pentecost to continue and you say, I just need a demonstration, I just need signs, I just need wonders, I'm going to tell you how to do that. Stand fast in the apostles' doctrine. Stand fast in fellowship. Stand fast in breaking of bread. Stand fast in prayer. The Bible said fear came and signs and wonders began to transpire. Pentecost will continue in your life with miracles, with demonstration, with amazing things that will happen on a continual basis. And then, here's what the Bible said. It said that they all believed. They were together. They had all things common. And so, as a result of those things, unity ensued. Unity ensued. It's hard to be unified with people who don't share the same love for the doctrine that you love. It's hard to be unified with people who do not share that same steadfastness in fellowship. Well, I don't need the church. I don't need a church. I can do it myself, and I don't want to be around people. It's hard for me to to really be close to those kind of people. It's hard for me to be in unity with them. It's hard to be around people that are carnal all the time and don't have a mind or heart for prayer and don't want to break bread or sacrifice or have communion. or It's hard. You try to love people and try to you know connect, but it's hard to unify with people that do not share that. But people that do share those things, man, you can connect with them. It doesn't matter where they are, where they're from, or what color they are, or what language they speak, or how much money they have, or what their level of education is. None of that matters. You're connected in a unified way on a different level. And it's surrounding a steadfastness in truth and a steadfastness in Prayer and a steadfastness in the things that we've talked about. And then it goes on and tells us that that sacrifice was welcome. They sold their possessions good, parted them to all men, and every every man had need. And so they were together. They had all things common. They sacrificed, and the sacrifice was welcome, and needs were met. Needs were met. And then the Bible said, and they continued daily. Hear me, okay? Because I don't have time to explain it all now. They continued daily. This isn't something that the Holy Ghost experience is only for religious uh, events and Sunday morning times or when we're at church. This was every day. It was daily. Daily. Renew yourself in the Holy Ghost. Stir up the gift that's within you. Pray when it's Monday and Thursday, and pray until you break through. Pray until you're renewed again. Pray until the spirit is rejuvenated in your life again. Let it be a daily thing. Don't let it just be. Well, next time we have an evangelist, and next time we have revival, and next time we have a special service, and next time we have a big event. That no, no, it's they continued. Daily. Look at your neighbor and say, This is a daily thing. This is a daily daily thing. You can live, you can live in it every day. It doesn't have to be Sunday is here and the rest of the week is down here and you barely survive until you get back to church Sunday. No, it can happen every day. And notice what the Bible said that there was favor. There was favor that came on the church, on the people directed toward them. And the Bible said God added to the church. Revival happened when the people began to live this daily. And they had favor with all people. i got to stop here, but I do want to say this. It bothers me when the church is always on the opposing side of everybody in our community in our world. It bothers me that in North America, we just accept that as okay and normal. When everybody is on a different side, condemning, judging, belittling, hating. The Bible said if you live it this way, He gave them favor with all people. There's got to be a revival of of some kind of coming together in the world where it's not us against them and the church against the saved against the lost and the church against there's so much fighting and quarreling and debate and back and forth if you and I would truly Walk in this, continue in this every day. We would be such a blessing to people that are on our job and in our homes and in our world that they would not want to fight you and disagree with you because you've been so kind and compassionate and loving and the Spirit of God has flown, come through your life, and touch them at a way that they would not want to condemn you, that they would not want to hate you, that they would not want to be against you. But when we draw lines and stand on this side and judge everybody and send everybody to hell and never extend a helping hand and never extend a heart of compassion and love, then we're going to constantly be at odds with everybody. But the Bible said in this transition, He gave favor. They had favor. And He added to the church daily. Every day. Somebody say continue. Say Pentecost continues. Amen. And let me me just bring this down to your life. You can simply have all of this by continuing. Just continue. Just continue. And don't let Pentecost die in yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Your children need this. Your family needs this. The world that we live in needs this. People around us need this. The joy that is abiding, the peace that passes understanding, the mercy that is beyond comprehension. It can be present in our lives every day but we have to continue. Let's stand together. Anybody want Pentecost to continue in your life? I don't want it to just be something that happens on a Sunday. I don't want it to just be something that transpires every once in a while. I want it to be something I walk in, live in, enjoy every day that I live. If you're today standing here saying, Pastor, that's what I want. I I don't want this just to be a religious experience. I want it to be the, the life source. I want it to be what flows in through me every day. I want you to step out and come and stand with me and we're going to pray pray together that that our commitments would would grow in in these areas that we've talked about and those areas are stand fast in doctrine stand fast in apostolic truth Stand fast in what was taught by the apostles. I'll tell you what was taught by them. It's just a couple verses earlier. When the question was asked, what do we do? Here's what Peter taught them. Repent. Be baptized in His name. Be filled with His Spirit. His promise is for you. It's for your children. This is what they taught. When people say, oh, you don't have to do any of that. It's not necessary. If you're going to have Pentecost continue in your life, then you, you have to embrace the Apostles' doctrine. Yes, amen. You, you have to embrace the truths of God's Word. Hold on to it. Live it. Practice it. Get in fellowship with people that share the same passion burden. Break bread. Pray. Hallelujah. And you can experience Pentecost every day of your life. If you just if you just put it in a category of some event or one time a year, it happened when I was a child. You've missed the whole transition and point of get to the last chapter of Acts. Get to the and it doesn't say this is over. Amen. That's right. Said and done. That's right. It doesn't because it's intentional about continuing on. Continuing on. Lord, right now, every person that stands here in front of me.